a convincing weekend for the leaders. Plenty of action down at the bottom. Two managers sacked on the same day. A curious stat that hasn't happened in eight years, but has involved the same manager. The Sunday League podcast might be bang average, but the Premier League livened up with us here. My 200 bang average Sunday League footballers are back for another podcast. Dan, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Scott. Uh, well, I didn't expect to be doing our third viewing, but uh, I'm happy to be here, thank you. Uh, yeah, busy weekend. Uh, went to went see uh, Greece. I'm a bit of a fit, musical theatre lover, so uh, yeah, busy, but I've got a busy week ahead as well. So yeah, glad to be here tonight. Thank you. There wasn't a lot of VAR this weekend, but I'm sure that won't stop you in the carling. Too right, Scott. I'm uh, too deep already, so probably a bit more chatty than normal, but hoping the <laughs> the listeners uh, enjoy it, to be honest. So, yeah, there it goes. Uh, and our other bang average footballer, how's it going, Adam? I You can definitely say bang average. The uh, I've just been playing six aside. Somehow we'll manage to be 2-0 up. And I've lost count of what the score was. It was six, seven, maybe even eight, two at the end. Uh, yeah, t- really bang average. Oh, God. But I'm fine. Uh, I'm fine. Which Audi special is it this week for you? No, Audi special today. I'm on the black stuff, the old uh, Guinness. Oh, fancy, oh. fancy. Oh, I'm, I'm dreaming of a pint of that back home one day, boys. And I think, I think for me, it's the old. Uh, the old, it's called Gold Blanche. It's uh, it's a, a beer with a bit of citrus. Oh, it's a lovely stuff, about five six percent. So that'll do me on a on a well, a dark and stormy Monday night, let's say. <laughs> All right, without further ado, boys, let's crack on with the football. Let's start at the Etihad, where a man with a groin injury decided doing the Poznan was a good idea, and a grown man in a cardigan thought it was fun to celebrate in another man's face. But more importantly for the title race, City blew Liverpool away. What's your thoughts, Dan? Well, as as, as I mentioned, it was I was a bit late tuning into this game because I was on the way to the musical theatre at the time. <laughs> so I, I was I was in the car listening to it on Talk Sport, and uh, yeah, here Mo Salah's took scored this uh, the goal on the counter attack, and I thought I'm not surprised by this, and so then. Don't get me wrong, I put my foot down a bit quicker now to try and get to the pub that I was catching the first half for. And uh, yeah, it was all Man City. It seemed as if uh, potentially once Liverpool uh, scored the goal, it was, yeah, Man City just put the foot on the gas. And it, it was just the, the way that we were used to watching Man City, I felt. I, obviously... I was hesitant at the start because uh, Haaland was out of the team. And, uh, yeah, it, it just surprised me that the goals were coming from everywhere. Whereas when, when Man City play with Haaland, you're like, everything goes through him. You're like, they, 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 they play a different style of play. But it was nice to see. It was it was the old Man City for me. And it was the the team that put, put Liverpool to the sword in the end. So, yeah, they, they, they were good and deserved the win after all. Uh, I tell you what, Aris, Jack Jack Graylish, in your words, he had a hell of a performance for me. What yeah, he, uh, he played he played really well. Um, every time I looked every time I looked up at the screen, he was on the ball, just giving a cheeky little one two and, get, and getting in the dangerous areas. I wasn't expecting the game to be as one sided as it was, especially when Liverpool took the lead. Um, but I yeah, I I enjoyed I enjoyed watching the game. I Just to mention I... that it was a big game changer when he uh, uh, stopped the challenge of Mo Salah at one nil. Uh, yeah, you know, the when track, he's the uh... back, he did was incredible. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... That was a game for Jack Grealish where you could see that he's a hundred million player, and you haven't yeah. seen enough of that. But yeah, that was I, I would never have thought he would have got back into that position, uh, especially yeah. on, on where he plays on the wing. He did. He, he did a lot of tracking back to get that, and you, you kind of think that out, out between the race that there was there, he was second place, but clearly not that time. You reckon the old uh, Rodri non-second yellow card changed the game, or do you think City would have always won it, Dan? Oh, oh uh, 
No, if, if Rodri had gone off, I think that would have been a game changer. It was it was silly of him, wasn't it? It was two pullbacks within the space of probably a minute. It could go either way, though. So a bit of a bit of a tricky one, really. So yeah, but yeah. it definitely would have been a game changer for me. A, a team of Liverpool standard that is that's the thing that is a game changer. But yeah, you could have probably gone. It's not a yellow for the first one, or it's a yellow for the second. And yeah. It's a difficult well, one. I always think with stuff like that is because of the type of game it is being Man City Liverpool, the referees, I, I know that they're, they're not biased, but I think sometimes they just let them go because they know it'll ruin the game if one goes down to 10 men. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. I, I, don't, I also I don't... think sometimes it's uh, the, the, yeah, it's the pressure. Are you ruining the game? Or also, uh, it's the pressure of the players running to the ref. Yeah. Sometimes you got you got a uh, don't know who it is. You don't get it from like De Bruyne or anything, but you have got like Trent Arnold running at him, and you're like, you got the press pressure on you. But no, I, I think at the end of the day, Man City were the deserved winners. Yeah, I, I was surprised how much Van Dijk struggled in that game as well. Yeah, it was odd, wasn't it? It was one-one at half time, and twenty minutes into the second half, it was game over. And I think Jurgen Klopp said something like. It was gone. They, you know, they've got no chance. And you think one-one at half time between the two sides that have essentially been at miles clear of everyone else the last couple of years, and the gap all of a sudden between the two of them. I tell you what, it's it's night and day. Look, does Jurgen Klopp see out the season? Do you reckon, Harris? Yeah, I I, I think uh, he's he's done too much for Liverpool for him to just cut it short. Uh, you could easily say that. If you get if it is going to happen, it'll be the end of the season. Just for the fact yeah. that the amount of managers they've got lined up, um, like Diego Simeone is available in in the summer, so maybe you could Ooh. come in and change stuff up. But I, I, I don't really think Klopp's going to go anywhere. No. Uh moving on. Saturday evening saw Villa travel to Chelsea, and hopefully after last week's pod, the Villa fans travelled with them and arrived at the same ground. Eh. Uh, they did see if they got there, their team hammered Chelsea in a game that saw the end of Potter. Uh, finally, I guess, uh, JK getting the justice she deserves. Thoughts on the games, Adam? I um, fully deserved win for Aston Villa. Um, I, I thought they played Chelsea out of the park. And when Chelsea attacked, they just seemed a bit dull. Um, nothing going forward. They've got uh, Jao Felix in. When he's your main threat every time because even Havertz isn't doing much at the minute um, you can't really rely on a lone knee you need that stable striker in the team which Chelsea have struggled for for a long time um, it's made me eat my words because last week I thought Chelsea were going to batter Villa yeah I think I can't remember what the score was I think it was 1-0 Villa at the time when they uh... Is it Mudrick? Is that his name? Went through one on one, and I tell you what, we might be bang average, but I reckon we'd have scored that. Uh, a dreadful yeah. finish. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's one thing I've noticed about uh, Mudrick. He, he's had this hype in because of his his price tag that he's come in with, but to me, all anyone seems to say about him is how quick he is. Um, when when Chelsea played Leicester at King Power. He scored a goal that was offside and he was so happy he'd scored. The celebrations were over the top just to turn around to find out it was offside. It's as yeah. if when he's about to shoot, he's celebrating before it's even gone in because he's so anxious to get that goal and get the fans off his back. Yeah. Um, uh, for, for, what is it, McGinn's, McGinn's second that flew in. Oh, that's a great goal. Mudrick should have yeah. ran across him and blocked the shot. You say that he's this really fast, pacey player. Well, get out of the ball. Uh, you you nah. listen to it a lot about this, uh, the Mudrick, and you're like, the the player came to Chelsea with a very big price tag, and he, he, he's probably understanding of he isn't worth as much as what Chelsea played. So he's now trying to change his style of play to suit Chelsea, and you're like, He's he's got a lot. He's got a big weight on his uh, shoulders, hasn't he? Like that price tag was a lot of money for a very well. Well, he's definitely not worth the price tag that he was 
he was put against. So oh, yeah, he's probably he's probably snapping at chances where he probably should take another touch and uh, have a shot. And yeah, he's he's trying too hard in in some cases. Definitely. Yeah, I, uh, look, Tuchel at the start of the season with this this new chap in charge, uh, the owner, and they spent all that money uh, on Aubameyang and whoever else came in. They, they sacked him by what October, I reckon, uh, and in came Graham Potter. And in January they've signed, I don't know, half of football manager's best youth players. Um, <laughs> uh, and at the start of April, he's gone. I think I was reading earlier today that Angolo Kante started. I think three games at home this season and he's had three different managers in each of them. Um, where are Chelsea going to go from here, Dan? Who's coming next? Uh, if you're asking in terms of managers, I think, I think uh, reading from the reports, their number one's, uh, I don't know how to p- pronounce it, but it's Nagel, N- N- Nagelsmann from, uh, was the previous Bayern Munich manager. I think that's the one that, I'm looking at it. I don't think he'll want it before the end of the season. So, uh, because you, other than the Champions League, where they've been drawn against Real Madrid and you got, what, he's not going to look after the team for the next game. So then his first game is going to be Real Madrid in the Champions League. He's probably looking at that squad of players and going, uh, there's, there's not much to do in the space of a week. And he'll have his, well, what, will be his so-called priority uh, expectations from the board. So you'd probably be saying they're going to get an interim until the end of the season, probably try and time down to a contract and go, yeah, well, I'll take it from the end of the season. Thank you. So yeah. well, this, this Todd Bowley ain't in a position to like uh, make big decisions because he's just proven what, what did he do? Break the bright, um, well, I don't know whether it's even the manager record in spending on what he did to get Brendan uh, Graham Potter out of the job, but I think he spent about twenty million to Brighton to get that job. But uh, yeah, so he's he's got to do a good decision with this one. Yeah, I think would you not spend a load think... of money? Oh, Scott. Yeah, yeah, I think they spent a load of money on firing Tuchel, a load of money on getting Potter in. A load of more money on firing Potter. Um, and they'll probably, well, they're almost certainly going to miss out on any money for the, the European football next season at this point in time, aren't they? So, um, Harris, I guess there's there's Nagelsmann, uh, who I think if they were to take him, even now they'd have to pay Bayern, uh, pay Bayern Munich. There is Pochettino, who, who seems to be on a bit of a break. As you've said, Simeone seems to be coming to the end of his days at Atletico, so maybe an option for next season. I mean, there's always Mourinho. Hey, he seems a match made in heaven at Chelsea. But what, what are your thoughts? Where do they go? Who's the best option? Um, I, <clears throat> With that Nagelsmann, apparently he's currently on uh, garden leave with Bayern Munich. So if he was to go, they would, they would have to pay Bayern Munich off again because uh, he's not been fully sacked. And I don't think they're gonna. I don't think Bayern Munich are gonna really. I don't. I don't know if they really get a say on it. But if Chelsea become, if if he becomes manager of Chelsea, there is potential that Tuchel could be playing uh, managing Bayern Munich, and Nagelsmann could be at Chelsea, and they could face each other in Champions League. Yeah, I'd so say final, yeah. a, a, a name like out, a, a, a name out there that it it's only happened because of this weekend. And I'm just thinking of the links with Chelsea. Is I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Brendan Rodgers' name went in the hat for Chelsea. Just just to say, I've been assistant. Well, I think it was an assistant there, and he'll basically say that I want to, I want the job now. And I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say Rodgers is a bad manager. I just I just think he's let um, Leicester go stale. So I wouldn't be surprised if his name floats around in the Chelsea job. Yeah, I, I suppose it's a cheap option, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, Cheaper option. The problem with it, I think, for Chelsea, they've been ran so for so long as a um, must-win now club. You know that the fans expect a couple of trophies every year, probably. And yeah, you know, if you bring in a Poch, if you bring in a Rogers, I assume this Nagelsmann's the same. Although I don't know so much about him. You know, they're project managers. They want two, three, four years, and probably that was where Graham Potter was going as well. And 
I know it's a different owner. It's it's not Abramovich anymore, but the, the club the club hasn't changed. And but for me, look, it's going to be one of the older guard. It, it's going to be, you know, I don't think Ancelotti would take it because I think he's happy where he is. And if anything, he's probably going to go to Brazil. But it's one of them. It's a Mourinho. It's someone like that because it's someone that just comes in for a year, takes the big pay, takes a trophy. And maybe Diego Simeone is the man in the end. Maybe that's not a bad shout, but yeah, what's the yeah. point of hiring the next new thing? Because they don't hang around. Look at, do you remember Villas Boas back in the day? He had about six months, didn't he? And then he was gone. Yeah, they need to get someone now with, with there's one trophies. So, I think that puts you... Well, I don't class Poch as a manager that's won trophies. Okay, he's won it at PSG, but they're looking for someone big. So I wouldn't even be surprised if I hear the talk of Leicester offering Benitez a contract, but I wouldn't be surprised Benitez takes us till the end of the season and then that uh, the Bayern Munich, uh, previous Bayern Munich manager then comes in. I wouldn't be surprised at that. Benitez has won things, so... Yeah, that could be an op- that could be an option for them. I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of Leicester boys, um, Selhurst Park was the re- saw the return of Roy and a brand of attacking football only associated with the galvanising Roy Hodgson. Um, it also saw the end of Brendan Rodgers' reign, but we'll come on to that. Uh, what were your thoughts on the game, Dan? In what I thought was an absolute annihilation. Well, I look at it. I thought, I thought both teams were poor. To be honest, uh, I think the score flatters this. Uh, what Roy Hodgson going back to Palace? I thought you, you look at the first goal and it's what uh, probably it'd have been better if uh, Daniel Eveson had done, just stood there and let the ball past him because. Unfortunately for him, he's died for it, and it's it hit him as it's gone in. So it's like, well, he, you can't do much about that. And then, yeah, Leicester obviously equalising, but there's just no uh, like another option. Once we go to the draw, they just sit back in there. They're inviting Palace on, and obviously when Palace in, introduced uh, Mitate to the game. He's, uh, he's just that option B. He is the tall bloke that you put on to try and grab you something. And that's what he's done for the game. Yeah, it's... In, in all answers to you, Scott, I think that result has actually suited both teams, to be honest. Like, uh, I'm just a Leicester fan, so I'm a bit biased to that. But I think, yeah, the win flatters uh, Palace and they're happy with that. I also think the Leicester fans will now be happier that we lost it because, uh, unfortunately, I believe that Brendan Rodgers would still be in the job if we got the draw. So uh, I'm looking at it from a biased point of view and I'm like, actually, I'm glad we lost it because something needed to change at our club and uh, I don't think it would have if we drew. Uh, I think uh, on Saturday afternoon, Aris, as I was watching this game, Palace had had something like 20 shots. Leicester had had three. Uh, and it was 1-1. And I sat there thinking, you know what? A point away at Brentford, a point away at Palace. You know, they're good hard points at difficult grounds. Palace scored in the last minute. For me, for me, it was deserved. I, I think there was only one team looking to win that game. And I tell you what, there were some dejected players on that pitch for Leicester at full time there. For, you know, the old knees in the ground looked like they were going down. Um, what do you reckon to the game, first of all? Um, I've, terrible result. Um, and I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to take any discredit away from Crystal Palace because just like ourselves, they are also trying to fight for survival. And unfortunately, they were just the better team on the day and they knew what they needed to do to see the game out. <clears throat> when, when, when your team goes 1-0 up, you 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 kind you kind of want to be like yes okay let's take advantage of this now let's get another goal but just recently in the last I I'd even say since the the two Champions League failures we've been known as the Spurs club like the junior Spurs always always bottling leagues at uh, leagues sorry so <clears throat> one nil up you either defend and settle for the one nil win away from home 
or you push on and attack. But I think it was like eight minutes later, we give away a free kick on the edge of the box and just let them equalise, just like that. Then with that happening, it's gave them the encouragement to still push on and attack. <clears throat> We've been dull up front. We've not got a striker, so Vardy's not scoring. Dakar's not scoring. You ran on Harvey Barnes and Madison to score our goals. But their but Barnes' form is awful at the minute. And how you can look at the team stats and say that he's one of our top goal scorers is embarrassing. Then that last-minute goal, which technically we should have had, but we couldn't get it because we weren't we were we didn't desire it enough. Yeah. I think uh well let's talk Brendan Rodgers, you know, he won an FA Cup, which for, for me as a lifelong Leicester fan was for me better than the Premier League. You know, it's the trophy I grew up always wanting to win. So to win the FA Cup, uh being there, you know, we we, we weren't in the ground when Leicester won the Premier League, we weren't in the ground when they won won the championship either, you know, it was other results that, that got us to win. Don't get me wrong. We would have won the Premier League. I'm not saying thank you to Eden Hazard. However, you know, we would have won that Prem. Um, but being in the ground, winning the you. FA Cup, winning, uh, <laughs> watching, sorry, Ben Chilwell uh, have his moment uh, where he thought he'd scored. You know, all fantastic moments. He went on to win the Community Shield. Fantastic. But I think we all agree that, you know, the last couple of years have not been right. Um, and he was let go on Sunday, Sunday Sunday afternoon, my time. It was probably about lunchtime, your time. Um, where where do we go next, Dan? Where 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 do Leicester go? You know, they're they're, bottom, they're second bottom. It's a risk. What do they do about their manager? Well, I see the reports in. You've got to look at it. You you're looking at every angle, and you're like, I see that they're interested in uh, Rafa Benitez and. Uh, as a fan, I'm not that. It, I, he doesn't spring to mind when I was looking at my favourite option, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, Brendan Potter, uh, uh, Graham Potter was obviously a very, very yeah, favourable of mine. So when and I seen that less than 10 hours later, he was sat from Chelsea. Yeah, he did spring up to mind. So, and uh, then just before I came on air, it was, uh, yeah, Talksport have released that uh, Graham Potter isn't interested, well, not to take it at the time. So now I'm kind of uh, in a bit of a predicament. I'm like, well, I like my style and I like this uh, Adam Sad Sadler that's uh, taking the job for the Tuesday game. So uh, I'm thinking, I, th I think the fans will win us the game tomorrow, to be honest. I do, I do. I think there'll be a buzz, a relief that Brendan has gone. I, I love Brendan. Obviously, like you mentioned previously, it was he won us a lot, and we do owe, owe him a lot as well. So, uh, yeah, it's just been a dire year to be honest. So it, it's ended badly, which is unfortunate. But yeah, now we've got to move on. So uh, yeah, I'm hoping probably. Uh, we see it out until the end of the season with these two guys, and then maybe Graham Paul will be the one in the summer. Uh, so, Harris, Graham Potter's failed at Chelsea. Uh, Rafa Benitez failed at Everton. Rafa Sahutal failed at Southampton. Jesse March failed at Leeds. Stephen Gerrard failed at Villa. Frank Lampard failed at Everton. Uh, John Dahl Thomason, I think, is in the betting, who's, I think, the current Blackburn manager, so unproven. Um, the caretaker managers, which will always forever remind me of, uh, you know, Steve Keane at Blackburn and those kind of things. So, to me, there's not much inspiring. Where, where did Leicester go? Safety's got to be the priority. What do they do? It's uh, quite quite scary when you, when you put it like that. The, the, the managers aren't available and that you think could come in, I don't think would better this club in any way. Um, when I also saw that um, article, what Dan read about Potter, saying he's not interested, it seems like he just wants to, a break at the minute and he'll assess his options at the end of the season. <clears throat> I just see it as 
if if we do not get a manager, well, we, we obviously we will we'll get a manager. If we, we don't get a manager soon to steady the ship for the rest of the season, we will go down and we'll we'll be in the championship Sorry, Adam, Adam, we, Can I just ask you? As Graham Potter, why would you want to take the Leicester job? This is a club that is going in the wrong direction currently. He's probably just took a twenty million payoff from Chelsea. If you're going to be offered the Leicester job, you wouldn't take it now, would you? Really? You'd no. say, "I'll take it in the summer." If if <clears> I'm <throat> going to take it, I'm going to. Well, the only way is that uh, looking at it currently, if he saves Leicester, they should have been saved anyway. If he goes down, he's a failure again. He's just failed at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, and th- and that <clears throat> and that's the next thing. And from from the point of view of Potter, it's kind of like, well, why why did it fail for Rogers? And you could you could put it down to the fact that there was lack of investment during the summer, during January, when we strongly needed it. We we gave away two wingers and brought in one winger, I believe, which I I, I didn't quite get. Um, so from Potter's point of view, he might not even want to come to the, the club, but. From the names that Scott has mentioned, I wouldn't want any of those to come come near us. Uh, you you could you could say that you get Allardyce in because you, you just know that he's going to at least do something to steady the ship, even if it is just till the end of the season, and then you assess everything again, get him on like a a four month a three month contract or or something. But I, I'm, I'm does that excite the players though? Does that excite the players bringing in Big Sam, knowing he is a relegation specialist? No, it doesn't. But the, the players have also got to look at where they are on the table. They've not ruined anything. So since so we beat we beat Forest four four nil at home just before the World Cup, and at that point we turned our season round for five minutes. We've come back from the World Cup, and we've just, we, we're just like how we went to start the season. Boring. Can't can't score. Can't defend. And bottle everything. Uh, I tell you, the the next six games: Aston Villa at home tomorrow. I mean, Villa are on some run of form at the moment, so that'll be difficult. Bournemouth at home, massive six pointer. Man City away, you can write that off. Wolves at home, six pointer. Leeds away, six pointer. Uh, and Everton at home, six pointer. They've got to get that sorted. You know, they can't... The owners have been good as gold at that club. They've been good as gold. But they've got a big decision to make. They've got a huge decision to make for, for the, if we go for the down, future of that club. Their fault. Well, that, that's, that's a massive shout. A massive shout, that one. He could have potentially been sacked two or three weeks ago. I don't believe... I think if any manager comes in now... I think any manager would save us, to be honest. I think the, the fans have made Like, I think I'm excited to go to the game tomorrow, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, and I just think if we go down now, it's the owners reacted too late. He could have been sacked a couple of weeks ago, to be honest, for me. I do, I do agree with that. To be fair, that, that he should have been, he should have been sacked a couple of weeks ago, but it's too late. When you start seeing other clubs sacking their managers, we, that, it's at that point you should be assessing it yourselves. Oh, absolutely. Let's try and move on, boys. In no way. Let's try and move on. St. James's Park. Head there. It was bouncing. Bouncing on Sunday afternoon. I told you. Those Newcastle fans got behind their team. Okay. Like I said, if only someone on the pod thought it might have happened. How did Newcastle do it, Dan? Uh, this this was a shock to me, to be honest. I have to say, especially when I see McTominay, I thought obviously from the last last podcast, it was I was I was a big McTominay fan. I thought he was going to come in buzzing from Scotland, and I, I watched it in ten hogs all over the place. He's got the three in midfield: Sabitz, uh, uh, McTominay, and Fernandez. I think he's put uh, at one point. I think. McTominay was the attacking one out of the three of them. And I thought, he's all over the place. He's obviously had to change it. I think he's done a rash decision in Rashford. But, uh, yeah, I think it had probably gone better with not playing Rashford. 
Bear in mind, he's just come back from injury. He wasn't available for England. I think he's thrown him in there because, uh, what, he, he is on such good form when he's probably not as match fit as uh, what you think. But, yeah, and, and in the end, Newcastle wanted it more. They were just, Eddie Howard got him uh, a more prepared, better. And I think they wanted it more than Manchester United did. So, yeah, De Gea saved them from an absolute... Uh, uh, a dubbing, to be fair. Yeah, well, that's his Newcastle third, Harris. Man United fourth and Spurs fifth. Do both of these sides, Newcastle and Man United, do both of them make the top four, do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> going to my, um, my kind of predictions last season, uh, sorry, last week, I did not see Newcastle beating Man United this weekend. Uh and I, I'm kind of like with Dan. I think if Rashford had a completely different game, it'll be a different result. But you can't you can't win a game on one player. It's the team effort. And Newcastle just wanted it more. Every every time they attacked, you thought something was going to come from it. And the the save that uh, the Gare made <clears throat> from the first shot, it parried it out into the into the middle of the box. I don't know who it hit, but then the set the second save as well on top of that definitely was was a um, well, it was a good save, but it didn't really change the result. Well, like, Willock could have had a hat-trick. That's a shame. I was in my dream team. I could have done with a Willock hat-trick. <laughs> uh, the Emirates saw the resurrection of Jesus on Saturday afternoon, boys. As uh, Arsenal crush, crushed Leeds um, to respond to Man City's win. This is probably the first time in the pod we've got to have a bit of a beer because for me, that VAR decision of Luke Ayling how is that a penalty? How is that a penalty, Harris? <clears throat> I, I don't know. I think they've got it wrong, and I don't understand what happens with VAR because it, all you're doing is looking at the screen that you and I would look at. And if you and I can make that decision, why can't why can't the the, the VAR referees? Hey, overall, it probably didn't change the game, did it? What was it? Four one in the end, Dan. I mean, comfortable probably for Arsenal, but. But Leeds started strong. You know, Leeds started, they got that goal. I reckon it would have been a, an interesting game. You know, they're going to hold on yeah. to this title. For me, I think they are They are going to do it this year, yeah. So, uh, yeah, even with uh, Saka got brought on uh, late on. So, you just like now, with Jesus coming back with a bit of... It feels like they've now got reserves in positions that they didn't used to have reserves in. So, uh yeah, you've got your Enketia in uh, strike and uh, obviously Martinelli and obviously who played in wing this? Yeah, who played Mart in wing? Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard. They've got a, you know, they've got a decent... Like, yeah, there's a lot of uh, different options now, isn't there? So, yeah, I think this could be Arsenal's year. It's, it's an exciting one, especially as a neutral. That's hard. It was Trossard. Trossard. He's had it. Yes, he's had it. He's been a good sign in him, hasn't he? That Trossard. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm surprised that he's he's um, played as well as he he has done. But in mind, he'll play really well at Brighton. But then the Arsenal team was playing extremely well anyway. For him to slot in, he's, he's done well. Yeah, I agree. Just like Damari Gray all over again, isn't it? Oh yeah, I love I love Gray. <laughs> I'd have him back any day of the week. <laughs> The glory days. League One's famous stuttering Amex Stadium saw a bit of a thriller with both of the underdogs of the season putting on a cracking game. Anything to take away from this one, Adam? Great game. Real. Real. I've got a, uh, a stat that I've got from this game as well. Apparently, this is the first time ever that 10 players from one side, which is being Brighton, have had two or more shots in the game. So each player in that game had two or more shots. That man, Daniel, got all over that. <laughs> I like that I mean, stat, Harris. Yeah, I mean, you know, a bit of research. Thank you, TalkSport. Um, <laughs> so, so 33 shots they had all, all, all game uh, to Brentford seven. It's amaze, amazing that it was Brentford that was leading that game until the 90th minute at 3-2. One, one player that Tony I had a bet on that. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, one thing that I, 
I've picked up from this game is you, you forget how good Danny Welbeck is. No matter how old he is, he always seems to get on that score sheet. And I know he's a personal favourite of yours, Wops. Yeah, I do love him, to be fair. But, uh, like, just looking at it from the outside, Sir Alex doesn't bring through many bad players. So uh, he had the backing of uh, Danny Welbeck. So, yeah, he's a good good friend of mine, to be honest. Yeah, but Alex, Alex, Alex Ferguson did also take Jeffrey Schlupp on loan to play up front. <laughs> so he sometimes got a question to some of his decisions. <laughs> Well, at least Jeffrey Schlupp's going to be in the Premier League next year. <laughs> uh, the penalty. Uh, did you see the penalty, Danny? You seen the replay of it? Was it a pen? Yes, I have. Seen, no, it definitely was a penalty. He's, he's my dream team captain, Scott. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's definitely. It was definitely a penalty. <laughs> ah, well, down, down to sunny old Bournemouth and Adam Smith. Uh, they they got an the boy. they got an important win on Saturday, didn't they? They tell you what, what a half-time substitution from their manager. How big a result could that be, Dan? Well, I said this in our last podcast. I love Gary O'Neill. So uh, yeah, and I've, I fancy them to win this, to be honest. Uh, it surprised me when I looked at the scores and they were one-nil down, but no, the end. The end result didn't surprise me, but yeah, uh, no, they they'll grind it out. They'll make it difficult for any team to beat them at home. I think it's it's not a nice place to go, is it? It's not like your old Traffords or anywhere. So uh, so compact. It's like you're playing at a League One stadium. Uh, yeah, you, it's it's you just, get the stick from the fans. Yeah, so they they're gonna make it difficult. They'll be what well, they'll probably play in their typical. 4-4-2 situation to make it difficult for any team to break you down. Bournemouth will be a... I wouldn't be surprised if they stay up, Scott. Yeah, that's Brighton that have got a League One ground and, and Bournemouth that have got a League One ground, Harris. So, trying to get through all 20 teams, are we, through this podcast, eh? Um, do you reckon Fulham's moment of madness at Old Trafford cost them in this game, Harris, with all those red cards and suspensions? Yeah, it, it did. I mean, I, I was just as surprised that they went 1-0 up. For whatever reason, the last podcast, we was... Uh, well, I, I certainly put that Fulham were going to win. Um, I also, for some reason, heavily backed Harry Wilson to score. Uh, he came on for two minutes. So, <laughs> he, he made such a big impact. Uh, no, it, it definitely did because there the, the was missing William, who's having a, a great season for... for Somewhat, I think he's about 36. Maybe, maybe I might be aging him a bit there, but he, he is a tricky winger. And especially when you've got Mitrovic to knock the ball to and head it in, you are, you are missing two key players there. And the manager. But he he I, was I, on the touchline, weren't he? He was there. Yeah, oh, was I think he's appealing it. Yeah, I think he's Isn't appealing it? his suspension. So that's why he was allowed to be on the touchline. And I, I don't I don't fully think that the manager being on the side of the pitch is going to do much because after time you see it's the assistant managers that are talking to the players on the side of the pitch anyway. Um I guess in the time of need, the, the manager can rally them up at half time. But other than that, what does the manager actually do on the side of the pitch? Well, we're, we're about to find out at Leicester. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm well, I'm hoping your uh uh boss isn't listening to this, Harris. <laughs> No, no, no! Shout out for the boy this this week, Dan. <laughs> uh, moving on, did he? Didn't he? The story of Pedence. Uh, it might well sum up a pretty feisty game at the City Ground. What does that result mean for both teams? Do you reckon, Dan? Uh, it's a much well. It's a big result. Both teams needed. The results. It, it was one one. It was one one, Dan. Yes, I thought it was. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> uh, That's yes, like Colin. Uh, no, I thought this is uh, Harris's film, to be honest. So, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I've I've seen the uh, the big point of it was the spit, wasn't it? There yeah. from Podence. So uh, yeah, I thought. 
it's a great result for Wolves because I think uh, Forest have actually got quite a good uh, uh, form at home. So, yeah, uh, no, oh. I think I think uh, Forest will be happy with the result. Yeah, we're we're. You got any proper analysis for us, Harris? You got anything lined up for us? <laughs> uh, I can I can try the a, a bit better now. The the, the spit, I, it's a hard it's a hard one because looking at the footage, it does look like he, he goes. You see his mouth do the movement, and you see uh, Brendan Johnson's reaction. But for VAR not to see it, I, I'm kind of thinking. Well, surely the referee on field would have seen the spit on the player's face. So I'm kind of thinking, has Brendan Johnson just done this to try and manipulate the game? Because you can't you can't see the spit on the face. Uh, only only the two of them will know, won't they? But if he's done that, that's, that's the lowest of the low. Anyway, yeah, I'd rather get but, punched in the face. And 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 also looking at Pedence's uh, uh, kind of like attitude once it happened, it's not like he was cowering, thinking, "Oh no, I, I've done something wrong here." It it was it is as if it's all been staged and it was like I'm gonna get you sent off for that. I saw what you did with your mouth. You you wanted to do it, but you didn't, so I'm gonna react because at the end of the day, anyone could spit on someone like, oh, just quickly spit on my face, you know. So <laughs> you, you never know. It it's a good it's a good point for the teams around um in the relegation battle, but at the same time you could say that was Forrest's to lose seeing as the goal went in in the eighty third minute. <clears throat> You couldn't I'm keep them sure. back out of the game, could you? It was all about Potence and Johnson. And I tell you what, I don't know if you've seen it, but but that dive, that dive from Brennan Johnson is absolutely horrendous. And I, it's, it's, I know we've been moaning about VAR, but surely he knows. Surely he knows that he's going to get caught. And madness. Yeah. And that, but that's what makes me go back to the whole. Oh, the, the the spitting is he doing it to try and get the player sent off? Because if he can dive on a on a chance like that to to win a penalty for your team, he can easily do it to manipulate the referee's decision to get you sent off. I think the VAR has made a good decision. One to go, boys. Um, the Sunday afternoon snorefest was uh, that's how we built it up, and it, it was pretty much that. Um, I, I don't have Sky obviously out here, but I heard they had some pretty bad commentary lines on it. <laughs> But it was an important win for those Irons. Dan, any thoughts on the game? Yeah, this was the snore fest that it had, had been. I'd, I'd seen it. I'd started to watch it and woke up just as uh, West Ham was scoring, to be honest. so. Uh, but after that, I'd say Southampton put a good fight up. I thought probably overall, if you're looking at Stat-wise, it's probably saying that Southampton did deserve the probably a draw from it. I think if you're looking at paper-wise, it uh, West Ham are the better team, but uh, Southampton are going to push it until the end. I think so. Uh, yeah, they uh, they had a few good chances at the end. I think the keeper. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think who the West Ham keeper was. Fabianski, I believe. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah he, he made a, a, a few uh, crucial saves at the end of the game. But, yeah, he had a good game, to be honest. So, yeah, it should have probably been a draw. It's a difficult situation when you're down in the bottom. You're, like, you're trying to uh, win a game as much as you are not lose it. So, uh, yeah. No, uh, it, it still was a snore fest, though, to be fair. Did both of these teams stay up, Harris? Neither or just one of them? Just one of them. West Ham, I think I think West Ham will start pushing on again now. Um it what it, it, it wasn't the greatest of games. It was it was a, a well taken goal from their centre back as well. It went to VAR, but other than that, not a lot happened in the game. Uh, Southampton didn't really offer much going forward. They have Fear Walcott, but again, he he's not in his prime anymore. Um Jay, unless Jay, uh, James Ward-Prowse starts banging in your free kicks, I, I don't really see much from Southampton. And unfortunately, I see that, they are to me, they are down. Uh, the only other... I, I, yeah, I just can't see them winning anything else. A team that got to the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup are down. <laughs> yeah. this, was, this was brought up last time, Dan. No matter yeah, how... But- how you put it, they're going down. They're, they're what, what didn't they hit the bar in the last five minutes? 
Yeah, but hitting the bar is not hitting the back of the net. I think someone else has no, been hitting the bar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, boys. No, I... That's the Premier League done for this week. Well, not quite done. There's a game tonight as we're recording. Um, and there's a busy midweek schedule. So we'll catch up with it when we when we next record it. And um I don't worry, I went back in time, Dan score, and I'll let you know. I'll let you know in the next one what you've got to beat, Harris. Um okay. But for now, it's time for our newest segment, boys. And but what better week to start than the week of the Masters? The Sunday League podcast for majors. Adam, one major sporting shock from the weekend. Um, so we, we set the uh, the Ivan Tony banker or whatever nickname you, you gave it last time. Um and we, we picked Northampton, Newcastle, and Middlesbrough. I think the biggest shock of this weekend was Neil Warnock doing one over on Middlesbrough, winning 4-2. No, <laughs> no one's seen that coming. And it just goes to show that people at the bottom of the league, bearing in mind championship, can beat teams second or third in the league. Uh, let's give it its proper name. The Sunday League podcast, Tony... Treble. There we go. Let's keep it out there. Dan, one major sporting mistake from the weekend. So I've gone on a totally different contrast to this. I've gone the president of an Egyptian football team. <laughs> so I've read this in a report and the president of Zamalek uh, this is an Egyptian side who have failed to reach the knockout phase of the African Champions League is now trying to ban fans because they have basically stood together in an, uh, an angry face emoji <laughs> in the stand. And I'm like, what is this bloke having a go at? So... Uh, I've looked into a bit more. There's 150 fans. They're a white and red uh, base team. The the fans have created an angry face in their last game because the team haven't qualified for the Champions League. And he's now trying to ban them from the stadium. Well, I've 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 seen I've seen this uh, <laughs> after you giving this little review. I don't know how you found this stuff, but <laughs> I can see why that would anger the president. I mean, that is a very upset face. <laughs> okay, Harris, one major sporting story from the weekend. Um. I I'm I'm not a, I'm not a big fan on the old boxing, so I will let you two uh, dispute this. Anthony Joshua fighting nobodies is, is that right? Is that what I'm hearing? Is, are they just warm ups? Are they hand picks? Oh, he's fought a nobody, hasn't he? and he's not knocked him out. Um, he'll he'll call Tyson Fury out. Tyson Fury will call him a bum. He'll threaten to fight um, Usyk. No one will fight each other, and that is boxing. You know, a complete waste of time. I don't know if it was on normal telly at the weekend, pay-per-view anymore, that, you know, Eddie Hearn's got this, is it Dazzin or whatever it's called nowadays? Um, so if you pay to watch that, you know, you're probably a bigger bigger Muppet than AJ himself, in my opinion. Luckily, I fell asleep before the fight, to be honest, Scott. Otherwise, <laughs> there would have been that Muppet that I didn't <laughs> Okay, our last major. One major sporting point for the week ahead, Dan. Uh, well, Scott, as you know, I like the 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 famous people, so I've had to, I've had to go back to football on this one. Sir Alex Ferguson, probably one of my favourite managers of all time. I think he's probably the best manager of all time. So uh, he will uh, the receive the medals for Aberdeen's European Cup winners cup medal in 1983. So I think he's. It's probably deserved. I've read a bit into it, and he's it was previously only given to uh, starting players and five subs. So it's is well, he's 
won a lot of medals, but I think this is quite a big one for him. So well deserved, to be honest. Uh, nice, nice. Okay, La last bit of the Monday pod. Okay, last section is our new mystery footballer quiz. Huh? Boys, the ex-Siena manager who scored 43 goals for Southampton in the early 2000s, born in Ukraine and played 75 times for Latvia. That's a nice easy one to start. Don't worry, I'm going to give you to the next pod to give me an answer. But you got any any early thoughts, Harris? Uh, yeah, some clues, please. <laughs> well, you have to look out for the old social media, I reckon, for some clues. Um, so let's wrap up the pod. Let's wrap up the pod there. What have we learned? We've learned uh, Dan loves Greece, uh, not the country, the, the musical. Um, <laughs> Harris is trying to relegate most clubs back to League One. Um, <laughs> Big Sam's coming in to save Leicester. Uh, and Rafa Benitez is going Chelsea. So just the, just the quiet Monday pod, I reckon. Um, boys, the, the social media's got a little bit of movement. We could do with everybody's help out there, you know. Yeah, we're starting to, get, starting to get some fans, I reckon. You know, all, all those Ukrainian Harris is paying back, back over in England. Yeah, he's, he's, getting, he's getting his supporters club going. Yeah. Um, but if you listen, you know, if you see the pod anywhere... Share it, you know. Get it, get us out. We're, we're trying to have some fun, you know. I know we're 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 not the professional journalists, but you don't normally listen to these professional journalists after four pints of Carlin. So you're getting the real fans here. Um, it's eleven p.m. over here now, boy. So um, unless you guys have got anything else, I'll, I'll see you next week. Well, not Thank next week, later in the week. <laughs> <laughs>